Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash theanxietychicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, slash theanxietychicks, and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. 
Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're back for another episode. Um, we hope you ha- all have been enjoying our episodes. We're sorry we've been a little inconsistent. You know, the summer, for me at least, I know I, I have a lot of plans on vacation. And um, there's just things that come up. And thank you all for being patient with what's going on with my dad. And sometimes I have last minute things that come up. But um, we really appreciate you guys still hanging on with us and leaving us some wonderful reviews. We appreciate it. And if you're new to the Anxiety Chicks, welcome. And we definitely recommend you go back, just binge some of our earlier episodes. We have a lot of great episodes from the beginning um, about all types of anxiety healing. Friendship anxiety, death anxiety, health anxiety, social anxiety. Oh my gosh, what relationship anxiety. We've talked about a lot. We love to hear suggestions of what you guys would like to hear about. Um, so email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com and give us some feedback on suggestions and topics you'd like guys like to hear. Um, we'd love to start focusing a little bit less on just anxiety. We're going to maybe talk about some mental health stuff too um, because we've gotten some feedback saying it would be nice to just hear about um, just mental health and um, different topics related to that and maybe trauma and even like depression, just talking about a couple different things and obviously relating it back to anxiety. But let's be honest, it's all freaking connected people, right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, so anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's topic. I am pumped because not really pumped because it's kind of some people might not really agree with this. I posted something on TikTok and I got really uh, got a lot of views. A lot of people commented and um obviously it was like a hot topic. Some of the comments were not really agreeing with it. Some of the comments, and I'll get into that, um, were not super agreeing or nice. Um, But most of them were people saying, yeah, I mean, this is true. And so our topic is people with anxiety don't mean to be rude when they dot, 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 um, because there are a lot of, I think, behaviors as an anxious person. There's a lot of behaviors or actions that, um, or choices that I've made that weren't necessarily because I wanted to make that choice. It was literally anxiety controlling me at that moment. And I really wasn't trying to be rude. It was just literally I was like paralyzed in my anxiety and I could not, could not do what maybe I said I was going to do or I needed to, um, you know, I don't know, isolate myself or whatever. There was just so many different things. But so I want to get into this. Like, I guess, Taylor, tell me, and then I'll get into like what what I see I've noticed about myself that might come across rude when I'm anxious, but what types of behaviors or what types of things do you feel like people have either told you were rude that you did or like things that you noticed that choices maybe that you made or things that you noticed that you were doing when you were really highly anxious that other people might not understand, just be like, oh my, mad at you for? So I would never... 
I'm the type of person who also is like a people pleaser. So with other people, I can mask it really well. But with people I'm super comfortable with, like my family and stuff, it's like I can be and and then they'll like call me out on it. But like I could be like super snappy or like snap really quick mm-hmm. or just like irritable, uh, not really wanting to talk, especially when I'm like over uh, stimulated and like people are like trying to talk to me. It's like all I hear is ba 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 ba, And I'm like, please, like just don't talk to me, but it's like, I'm not trying to be rude. And then they'll like, be like, like my family all the time is like, Taylor is just so snappy. And then they'll all like laugh about it. And then that like makes me feel worse because it's like, I don't want to be snappy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like that to you guys, but sometimes it's just like my anxiety, like enough. I like, that's how I picture it. When I like snap, it's like, it's like my brain is just like, like all these things. And so when it comes out as snappy, it's almost like my anxiety is just like, like I imagine it being like, enough like just like (laughs) I can like see it and so that's it's just like so much going on in my head that your conversation to me is just over the top making my brain just like done okay that is so interesting that you said that because I just had a therapy session with my boyfriend we're in therapy together and let's just normalize therapy for couples that are just dating or that aren't married yet because it's like seriously been amazing. Um, and so we just had a session where we had a difficult like weekend. We had like this smaller fight. We're not like really fighting. We're learning a lot of great things and I will say that. So, but we had this little fight and um, my reaction, and now I'm learning a lot about like how I become so reactive in certain situations with him um, because I feel like I don't have control over anything. So like obviously our dynamic is not traditional. He has a son and he lives a little further away. So there's a lot of changes that happen in schedule stuff because they have to with like his son and his family, all this stuff. And that's hard for me very hard, like changes in plans and stuff has always been hard. And I'm working on that. And so there just was like this other change that happened. And I guess I just was like also having a rough day. And he just asked me about something and I, I snapped just like you were talking about. I just like flipped out and I just, I don't even remember what I was saying. I was just, you know, I get into the state of fight or flight. And then like, I feel like he does not listening to me, but he just doesn't understand what happened. (laughs) And really, I I go back and reflect and I'm like, honestly, I think that was just a moment where I feel like powerless again. Like I felt out of control. And I felt now looking back, you know, when we were talking in therapy and even with each other, I, I apologized. And I'm just like, I'm understanding that the way I talk to you sometimes is really rude. And and I and I and I don't mean to do it because mm-hmm. I just think I'm really scared at that moment and I'm really feeling out of control at that moment because of something else. But I think it comes across as really rude the way I talk to you. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, I <laughs> I mean, he's like, I know you don't mean it, but I thank you for telling me like that's what it's about. And then, and then after I have my snap, snap out for like 10 minutes, I feel so ashamed of myself. Yes, and the like guilt. Spiral. Oh my gosh. There's just like shame spiral. I feel so bad that I did that again. I just, you know, and like, why can't I control myself? Yeah, it becomes like, why am I so mean? Why am I so psycho? Why do yes. I ruin everything? I don't, I yes. love being nice to people. I'm so caring. I love them so much. I like think about 
life without them all the time. Like, it's funny because like the night before I'll be like crying about like, you know, like the thought of my mom and dad dying. And then the next day I like snap and it's like, I don't want to snap on you. It's just like, I'm so done with myself that I'm sorry I snapped. And then you can't really apologize. And then everyone just labels you as like, uh, not sensitive but just like be careful you know like taylor like she might snap on you yeah yeah oh my gosh and and like he's never said this to me um but you know like in my mind all i hear is you know oh my gosh she's like a lot like she is way too much like why is she so crazy like he's never said this it's just in my mind of feeling like i'm so crazy and like why can't i control myself like what is wrong with me and so that shame spiral is just so bad so I think obviously being open, if if you have uh, situations like this with your partner, those conversations can be really healthy to kind of talk about, okay, I really didn't mean to be rude and here's why. And it re- it requires a lot of self-awareness and a lot of um, reflection internally for yourself and introspection to recognize like, oh my gosh, there's something else happening. I really don't mean to be so rude because I'm snapping at you. And being able to maybe explain that to people. And guess what? If not just your partner, but I'm even thinking like friendships, right? Like you might have these outbursts with friends and stuff. And if they, after you, you know, acknowledge what really might be going on when you're less heightened in your emotions and you can talk about it and you can say to your friend, you know, I'm so sorry, like this is really what's happening and I didn't mean to take that out on you. And they still are like, sorry, but an a-hole and they just literally are like, well, why is that happening to you? Like, you're so rude all the time and they're just still mean to you. Like, just don't, you don't need to be friends with that person. Okay. Cause obviously there's something else going on and you don't mean to just be a nasty person. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And those people just make you feel worse about yourself, especially if you've like, and I've done this before. I've voiced that I feel bad. Like when I snap, I immediately feel bad. Like I'm, and then I hate myself even more. And then I'm so upset because I snapped. It's not like I'm actually a mean person who doesn't even recognize when I do these things. It's like, trust me, I feel bad. Like, so when you shame me, it makes me just feel even worse. And I don't think that they should accept our abuse. You know what I mean? I don't think that's right either. And I, I don't think it's right to keep to like to recognize that you do this and keep doing it like that you don't get like a get out of jail free card because you have anxiety and I think that's something that was hard for me to accept it's like okay just because you're overstimulated doesn't give you a right to snap on others because imagine if they did that to you all the time mm-hmm. yes yes well and that brings me to another point right which is i you know i found myself getting so upset about all these changes but guess what sometimes I actually have to make changes at the last minute. Like there have been times where I cancel plans at the last minute because like my IBS is acting up or like mm-hmm. I am feeling really anxious and I feel like I, I really don't want to go somewhere or, um, you know, I'm just like excessively worrying about like seeing someone or something. And I'll say to someone, I just really feel like I can't do this today and it'll be last minute. And, you know, I have to be patient those people i would i want those those people to be patient with me just like my boyfriend wants me to be patient with him when there's changes so i Ooh, think yeah. also you know what i mean yeah cuz like so it, how do you feel when he cancels on something for another reason mhm yeah and it's like, like the end of the world but then when you are like i'm having anxiety it's like well you're supposed to like 
cater to, you know, it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. and we're like not selfish people, but it's just something that you feel like you didn't choose anxiety. So you feel like in your head, it deserves a pass because you're like, I didn't choose this. I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Like hopefully you're working on like not staying in that cycle, right? Like you're working on facing a little bit more of your fears and like understanding why you have these behaviors. But at the same time, like if I need to cancel something at the last minute because I'm really debilitated that day as far as my thoughts go or even my body is and I'm really struggling with my stomach or, of course, you know, I've talked before about how my anxiety lies in my stomach a lot. I get really nauseous and, um, you know, I just need a bathroom nearby. And I just don't want to – I just really can't do it. Like I want – like like I said before, whoever is at the receiving end of that should be open to trying to hear out what's happening with you and if you're actually okay, not be mad at you. Like actually saying, oh my gosh, what's really happening? Is this your anxiety? What are you scared about? Like what is it about the situation that makes you feel uneasy or uncomfortable? Like, you know, I know for me one thing is like if I have a long ride somewhere – Mm-hmm. If I know I have to drive like an hour or two or something to meet someone, like that really like makes me anxious to be in the car for that long sometimes, right? And mostly because I have IBS and sometimes I'll be really anxious about like not being able to just have a bathroom. And so um, everyone in my life now knows that that's something to be patient with me about. Right. And I'm learning also different techniques and like how to be in the car longer. I'm just learning how to how to yeah. really breathe and and regulate my nervous system before driving and all that stuff. So but if anyone is like mean to you about that stuff, like I said before, I'm sorry. Boundaries, like I don't know. Yeah. And it also helps, like you said, to be like, instead of snapping on people, just being like, hey guys, like I'm feeling a little overstimulated right now. I'm going to take like 10 minutes to myself to go like chill out and like figure out what needs to calm me down and like sort through my thoughts. And then we can continue this conversation in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, Something else I think that doesn't... I don't know if it happens to me. I'm trying to say not recently, but I know that happens to a lot of other people that struggle with anxiety is that when they're like having a conversation, they kind of zone out of their conversations. And so that's part, by the way, that's part of like disassociating everybody or like depersonalization, derealization. When someone like zones out of something, they're experience some type, experiencing some type of like trauma response or like some type of like something that's that's happening where they're just – they're disassociating. And so mm-hmm. someone who might zone out of a conversation in that moment might be feeling unsafe or might be feeling um, really uncomfortable, but they they really don't know why it's happening or what's coming up for them. Their body just kind of responds to it and they zone out. and. Other people that they're talking to might be like, hello, are you listening to me? And they might think that person is being so rude because they're just like zoning out when in reality they're having like a trauma response. Right. Does that ever happen to you? Do you like zone out? Um, 
I mean, I've had like derealization, depersonalization a couple times. And I noticed that it's when. Yeah. Yeah. Like you start just like overthinking a little bit, like you're almost like looking at them and then you just start feeling weird and like things around you. I would say, I would say that that has happened to me at the doctors actually. Like I'll be like listening to my doctor and you just like start getting weird. Like looking at my doctor, I'm like, I, I then I'm like, am I, am I like staring at her? And then I'm like, it's just like very weird thoughts. Like I'm like, uh, this happened actually not that long ago. I'm trying to think if I was just like, okay, I got to get out of here. Like I was like looking at her and I was like, this is weird. I got to get out of here. And it was like, why is that happening? But like you said, trauma response. I'm like, oh, the doctor is like a little traumatic to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has anyone ever like called you out on that and thought that you were like rude for that? No. Okay. That's good. No, because I, I don't I don't I don't think I make it too obvious. I, I don't know. I'm I'm like really good at like playing things off with people I don't know. I mean not people I don't know, I'm sorry. With like friends, like anybody other than family, I'm really good about I I worry so much about um showing my anxiety that I mask it so well. It's a very weird thing. I've almost like told but I think it's like we said in like the previous episode about uh, it's almost like I've taken the power back from my anxiety in that standpoint because it's like I almost like tell the anxiety, hey, you can't join this dinner. It's very weird. It's like you're not allowed to have anxiety with other people. Like you can't show that side of you. You you can only show that side of you with your family and in private. It's weird. It's a weird, weird thing. But I, I can somehow get myself out of things when I'm around people. Interesting. That's with like a ton of work though. Like, okay, back when my anxiety was like super bad, heck no, there was no choosing and picking when to have anxiety. But I just like didn't go hang out with people. I I like didn't leave the house. Yeah. No. So it's like, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't know if I was having those episodes. (laughs) I'm sure people (laughs) would have been like, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think my point is too, is like when these – um. Like when you – it's the same – kind of the same concept that I've been talking about this whole episode is like if you're – whether you're in a really romantic relationship or friendship or family members, whatever, if – hopefully that if you are feeling like you zone out because something – you know, you're feeling like some response to have anxiety or disassociating – that the person you're talking to doesn't automatically say, hello, like, are you listening to me? Hello, like, what happened? That the person actually says, hey, are you okay? Like, it looks like, it looks like, you know, you were, you were kind of far away in your mind at when I was talking and I just want to make sure you're okay, right? Like, genuinely being like, are you thinking about something that's making you upset? Like, yeah, what's going like on? like supporting. Right? That's like showing compassion. Yeah. Yes. Supporting and showing compassion to the person, not like, oh my God, you're being so rude. I mean, come on. Uh, okay. Anything that any other ones you can think of? I have like a couple more that I feel like, I feel like some with, people- with me, it's literally just the like snapping that that's kind of what has been, I guess, rude per se. Uh, I'm trying to think. Rude things that I've done that come off rude. Do you do you ever when you're in a conversation like it kind of goes along with the um with the zoning out like your eye contact isn't as good as 
Yeah, sometimes as, I'll like get weird as with eye contact and then overthink yeah. it. Yeah. So some people feel like that's rude when you break eye contact because, again, it's like they're not listening to me, right? Eye contact is a huge nonverbal way to show you're listening to someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of people that feel like you're really rude if you don't um, if you don't show that, you know, or it's like disrespectful. But in reality, again, you could be really anxious at that moment and be zoned out and be thinking about something else and overthinking something else, right? Like maybe even overthinking, like I know for me, this is what happens in conversation sometimes. I feel like I said something stupid. Yeah. Like like two minutes before, I'm like overanalyzing. Oh my gosh, should I have said that? That sounded so dumb. Like why did I say it like that or something? Yes. And then I find myself zoning out because I'm worried about what I just said. <laughs> it's so. And then you're overthinking what you just said, and then you forget, and then you're forgetting what they're talking about right now. And then you're like, "Oh my gosh, what did they just say? How do I respond?" Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're like, "How in the heck is this whole conversation going on while I'm talking to this person?" Yes. But this whole conversation in my head is like totally. a whole separate conversation than this conversation with this person. <laughs> Yeah, I know, it's so and I'm just like, and then I, yeah, and then I have these conversations with myself during that time, and I'm just like, stop it! Why are you thinking about it? Why do you care about this? Why are you overthinking this? Oh my god! And then I just missed like the last like 15 minutes of what the person was talking about, and you're like, uh huh, <laughs> or yeah. fake laugh, like uh huh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fake laugh. Yeah. The best is like they ask me a question, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, but what? What's the question? Um. But, you know, like I said, I feel fortunate that I have people in my life now that really understand that about me and they know to not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that that took me a long time though. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, oh, I don't know if I have people like that in my life, then it's worth it for you to start like thinking about boundaries and the people around you that you feel like lift you up and that would understand these things about you. And ask about them and say, tell me about this because I want to know how I can help you. And I want to know, like, you know, just let me know when moments like that happen. And, you know, maybe we can work through it together. That's unconditional, like, friendship and love there, you know? Yeah. Uh. I feel like I've gotten to that point, too, where it's like, I don't really care about anybody else who doesn't really care about my healing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really need you in my life. Like, I'm better off. I'm 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 at the point in life where it's quality over quantity, right? Oh, totally. Like that. Yes, I think that takes a long time too. Because in my twenties, yes. like I I admire you for being your age and already being there. Like I didn't figure that out till I was at least in my thirties, like early thirties. And mm-hmm. a lot of my twenties were just, you know thinking, like not even knowing what really – who my friends were, like who my true friends were. I also really was not aware of my deep-rooted anxiety and depression until I was like in my 30s too. So right. um, I was masking a lot of of what I was going through. So how would I really even be aware enough to know who was a good friend? You know, I was just like, oh, I think this person's my best friend because they came out and drank with me till 2 in the morning when I was 25. You know, <laughs> like, okay. Right. But, you know, she left me at the bar by myself and I had to walk home. You know, it's just like, <laughs> Great okay, friend. maybe not. Yeah, right. Um, so 
we digress. Okay, so here's another here's another um and these kind of maybe like go hand in hand. Um a couple things that come off that people have told me that come off as rude or that commented on this this post. Um leaving somewhere early, like not staying the whole time if uh-huh. you're at like a certain event. Um, or a party or whatever, family function, whatever, leaving early uh-huh. and also like not being able to like respond. Like I'm just thinking this might this might be really difficult for people and family members because sometimes it pe- like I know I would get pressure of leaving like holidays and stuff like that early from my family and also not like – replying to that, like their text and everything, like in a timely fashion. And I just put those two together because it reminds me of like what my family, how my family does like maybe thinks I'm rude. Like if I don't respond right away and also if I like leave, leave events early, but I guess they're two different things. But for, so like leaving things early, I, that is a huge thing that I think some of my family members think that is rude that I do sometimes because sometimes I just there are there are people there that trigger me. <laughs> yeah. There are family members that make me anxious. And I'm not gonna just like sit there and just try and have this huge conversation about anxiety with them because they literally don't care. And sometimes I don't get to choose that who's at certain family parties, but I get to control how mm-hmm. how much time I stay there. Yes. And I know when my meter is up. Like I just know. And I'm done with, like, the guilt tripping. I'm done with, like, all that stuff. Like, people can still say things. And I think we mentioned this on one of the episodes that when you're starting to set boundaries and say no more, that um, you want to keep the statements really brief. Like, you don't want to have to over-justify why you're leaving, right? So for me, I have statements that I say that are very short and sweet. And all I say is, I have a busy day tomorrow. I got to go. Oh, my gosh. Well, why? Where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. I can't. I have a busy day. I got to go tomorrow or I got to go early, but I got a busy day tomorrow, but thank you. And you just like keep repeating that over and over. And that's like helped me immensely. It's just like repeating that. And then after like a couple minutes, they're like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I I promise I don't mean to be rude when I leave early. Yeah. Maybe like, I'm trying to think of that. I think that's like also your like family you have a big Italian family and I feel yeah. like they're so like aggressive with like not in like a bad way but just very intrusive almost like there is no boundaries yes. there is no boundaries in Italian families totally. and so I feel like it's just like well where are you going you know like come on Allison like come on nope nope you're staying come on no nothing's important nothing's that important come on and then it's like well she's leaving and it's like well, and then everyone starts talking about you it's just like I don't know. I feel like things are very different in Italian families, especially if you struggle with anxiety. And I'm sure like what Greek families, there's a ton of big families that are just very like my husband's family. Like they would never, they'd be like, okay, like, bye. Like, (laughs) but some families it's just, it's just more uh, triggering because when you do say bye, they are more aggressive and they're more intrusive. So if you have a family like that, like, Allison can definitely relate with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, not even just families now that I think about it. Honestly, that used to happen all the time with my friends too and not really friends with a lot of those people anymore. But like, again, these like 
kind of false friendships I had, like about going out and going to the bars and like just going to parties, they would get so mad at me if I – once I started really learning that I didn't really – that wasn't a good environment for me and it was like – you know, creating more anxiety for me. And I started like saying, pulling back and saying, I didn't really want to go to this right now. Or like, maybe I'll go for a little bit. Those friends would get so mad at me. They'd be like, why are you leaving? Like, what's going on? Like, aren't you having fun? Like, why aren't you any fun anymore? That was the best. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I had, I had those friends too. And the best solution for that is cut them out. That is not a true friend. I'm sorry. That's not you want the friend that you can literally just be like, hey, like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just like having a night. So I'm just going to like head home and then being like, hey, is there anything like I can do to like help? Like, I'll, I'll text you later. Okay. Like, that's the kind of friend you need. And if you can only find one person like that or say like right now you can't find anybody like that. I went through a season of loneliness and it was the most growth I found. And then when I finally found a friend that it's actually worth being friends with, instead of being, it's kind of like finding a boyfriend, instead of getting desperate and dating the guy right away that you meet that actually likes you uh, and like not caring about any of your morals or things you like in a guy and just dating him because he's giving you attention and not like waiting to find the right person. It's the same with friends. It's like stop being friends with the people who immediately are there to be your friend and wait for the friend that you truly click with and feel most comfortable with because you're going to be the most happy. Totally. That's great advice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true though, because I I love this theme today of like also recognizing the types of people you want to have in your life when you have anxiety, because Mm -hmm. I think if there's anyone in your life that makes you feel like you're rude because of any of these things, or they are mean to you about it, and they don't actually show compassion for you, then you should not be hanging out with that person. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that person probably needs to have some self-awareness and figure out what's what's why they're reacting like that. Because this is real. And what we go through yeah. is real. And healing isn't linear. And nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so the other one I had talked about too, and this is – We'll probably wrap up soon, but they're forgetting to reply because, like I said, sometimes I'll get responses, you know, I'll get feedback about, you know, not some people in my family or, you know, in the past friends just feeling like they didn't have boundaries and not understanding why it took me so long to like text them back or call them back. And, you know, just, just giving me an earful about like Ew. how rude I was for not. They're and I'm like, rude. do you remember? <laughs> no, I was like, you know what? I get like the phone call thing. I I always like hated the phone anyway, so whatever. But like texting wasn't even a thing 15 years ago or 20 years ago. So like, why are you getting mad? Like, what did we do before texting? Why don't you write me a letter? Like, I'll write you a letter. You know, like give me some time. I don't know. I just like like patience. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. And I, and that's it's the same disgusting. thing I think with Oh shoot. Yeah, and I think I think with like again, the boundaries, right? If someone's getting so mad at you cuz you're just like, "Oh my god, why didn't you text me? Why didn't you?" Also, you could have been like doing something. Maybe it's not even your anxiety. Maybe you're just like in the middle of something like we're podcasting. I'm not going to be texting you back Literally. for a while. Right. I know some people they want an immediate response and it's like 
I'm busy. Like, and I, and you have to say that, like, you have to set that boundary. Like, Hey, I'm busy. I will text you when I'm available, but you're not going to give me anxiety that I have to always be texting you back. And then I'm panicked that you're about to text me and I have to text you back. And that creates a whole bunch of anxiety that I don't need. Yeah. Seriously. Like not worth it. Compassion people. Okay. Yes. I'm assuming that most people listening to this are thinking you guys are so right because most people probably struggle with anxiety uh-huh. and have had these issues. But I'm curious if you feel like any of these, if you have like a kind of a, a counter uh, statement or counter opinion about this episode, I'm, I would be happy to hear it. You can email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com and um, let us know what you think. I, I feel like most people will be able to relate to this, and I promise we do not mean to be rude. Um, healing is not linear. Just please, I think patience is huge. And um, just remember, if you're listening to this, that you really need to be compassionate with yourself too. Because like, yes. uh, you know, talking like I talked about before with the snapping and feeling like so ashamed that maybe if you snap sometimes when you really just feel like you're so out of control and and you want to be able to not talk that way or snap at someone, right? But, you know, can be compassionate with yourself. Sometimes it's going to happen and you're not going to feel like you know what to do in that moment. And it's not – you're not a bad person and, you know, sometimes you just struggle and so just be compassionate with yourself too. Love that. That's what I'll leave with. Anything else do you feel like, Taylor, that I forgot? No, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's all the ones people feel and can relate to. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Make sure to um, check out the Anxiety Chicks Instagram, the Anxiety Healer Instagram, and TikTok, health underscore anxiety on TikTok, Instagram. Um, Get the Anxiety Healer's Guide in the show notes to create your own anxiety healing toolkit. Um, Anything else you want to add? No. No, I love that. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, friends. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.